Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. (laughs) That's when the cannibalism started. What was that? Yeah, we're at hour 44 of Twitter sadness, which immediately turns to self-promotion. But I also literally got the news right before I was walking into a big network read for A to Z. So I I was literally walking down the hallway to go be a chuckle fuck. For for the big brass at NBC, and someone's just like, "Hey, Robin Williams committed suicide." And we're like, "Fuck!" I was the first one to uh, message all the friends. By yeah, the way. yeah, he broke so, it. To thank me. you, yeah. thank you, thank you for that, Ben. <laughs> no thank problem. Thank you so much. And it was from the Jason Voorhees Twitter account. <laughs> no, that's not where I found out about it. But I did see the Jason Voorhees mentioned it, and I thought that was maybe Jason would could have let that one go. Yeah, you know, just but it like, was kind of sweet. It was. I loved him in Aladdin. Also, was asked on Twitter if I could include more choking and sucking on the podcast i think it's for masturbation and i'll have you know you're naughty and you shouldn't be masturbating to this ew that's gross unless you're a lady (laughs) no people like it all day long people like to (laughs) masturbate to you you're on that website uh bear huggers or uh bear lovers or chubarama uh, chubarama chubarama (laughs) ladies and gentlemen go to chubarama.com and leave the finest reviews for your one and only Hong Kong Henry Zabrowski let everyone know you like the way he looks. Everybody can jerk off to me. <laughs> Usually I, I have a lot of people jacking off to my voice, but I feel like people are actually jacking off to your body, Henry. Yeah. Isn't that strange? What do you mean strange? I think it's different <laughs> and unique. I think if you find me sexually attractive, you're probably a cool person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure they're into cake farts and stuff like that. I couldn't Who stop- is it? Yeah, exactly. I think I'm going to get into it, by the way. Anyway, uh, welcome to the show. That's Marcus Parks. I'm Ben Kissel. Of course, we're joined uh, from beautiful Los Angeles. Hi, my name's Ted Kaczynski. By Uh, Ted Kaczynski himself. I I had no idea you were on the line. From the Supermax prison in Colorado. Yes, it's uh, it's, it's good to be here. And I got to say, I went to the commissary and I said, do you have the trident that I ordered? And they said no. And I will have my revenge. (laughs) I agree with you, Ted. You got to have nice uh, smelling breath when you're in prison. So when you're uh, violently accosted in the showers, everyone also has a good time. It seems my natural spoiled milk smell <laughs> seems to keep the men from me. Really? So you've actually this is a, this is kind of interesting. Like what's the, like a skunk? Yeah. Or uh, other animals that exude uh, um, toxins and smells that are that are so um, unlikable that someone won't even kill them. But Ben, doesn't a skunk also deserve some love? A sk- I agree. <laughs> from doesn't other a skunks, skunk deserve a wife, a skunk wife. Well. 
I guess I'll just have to go through with this stinky old pillow of mine. I've been rubbing my dookies on so I've been so it can smell like me. <laughs> You've been rubbing your dookies on your prison yeah. pillow yeah well ted you're a brilliant mind and i'm sure all the mathematical equations that you've written in dookie on the walls completely make sense and you've probably you're probably you're like um goodwill hunting speaking of mr robin williams yeah but what, yeah what's the fellow that matt uh, damon played uh um, whatever his name is yeah. will i, I guess to, yeah. i have to definitely say that's the first time i've heard that comparison <laughs> <laughs> all right let's continue on ted kaczynski uh, Man, I spent a while reading his manifesto this morning. Yeah. What a fucking crybaby nerd. <laughs> they always are. He's the he's like a BTK type. He's got a couple of good points. We're going to get into a, Okay. I'm fine with the philosophy. No. You know what okay. I mean? I'm yeah, fine yeah, with the, philosophy's the philosophy's good. I enjoyed the philosophy quite a bit. Except for the at he times. gets a little racist. Well, up top. I mean, I'm, Anders Breivik did copy and paste very large sections of the Unabomber manifesto after he killed those 77 kids, except he replaced the term leftist with uh, multiculturalists uh, and uh, also cultural Marxists. And as we discussed before, Andrew uh, Breivik, he now is in an Oslo prison and he has paid friends because yeah. they don't want him to get sad. I'm sure Mr. Kaczynski, Ted, as a matter of fact, do you have any paid friends in prison? Is anybody hanging out with you at all or? Um, let's just say I'm difficult to be around, but what I've done is I'm getting really good at toilet wine. So You're making your own fine vintage, huh? If people want to come by old Kaczynski's place, I got a whole bunch of Merlot that's been stewing around in my butt sink. <laughs> that's no what you call it. Come. A toilet is now called a butt sink from here on out. No one will come and hang out with me. So uh, Kaczynski just got uh, nicknamed the Unabomber, the Universities and Airlines Bomber. Because yes. where was the first university bomb? Uh, the first one was at Santa Barbara, I and believe. Then, uh, and then Santa American Barbara's Airlines. beautiful this time of year, too. It's so nice up there. Ooh. <laughs> well, Henry, you can just hop in a car and head on up there. I could, couldn't I? Or a trolley. <laughs> Or yeah. a bus. I think oh, we should man, just. California is beautiful. <laughs> Stay right where you are, so you have an alibi for this evening. I think you're getting you're you're dangerous when you're isolated and lonely in Los Angeles. Yes. Yeah, I'm looking at a, a video of you right now, and I can see the sun shining in through the uh, window, and even the sun is depressing in Los mm. Angeles. You know why? Because it doesn't fucking stop. It it's works like too. God hard. is always looking for your secrets. <laughs> the sun gets in your crevices. Well, what happens in the dark of New York will be shown in the lights of L.A. So, I will have my revenge! <laughs> yes, you will. All right, let's get Unabomber. Unabomber. So, when we left off Ted Kaczynski, he had just made the headlines for the very first time by bombing American Airlines Flight 444. Was not done with the airline industry just yet. He's one thing that we'll start seeing now that he's starting to like I guess get into his groove, there are going to be very long stretches in between attacks with Ted Kaczynski. There's going to well, be stretches. Of, apparently he was taking a lot of downtime to work on his ribbon dancing for the Olympics. <laughs> I heard and that. Prom, when he was working on his ribbon dancing technique, again, he went to the qualifying rounds to one of the specific breaks and uh, he didn't get it because uh, he smelled like dog shit and uh. <laughs> that that would ruin the Olympic Village and again another reason Ted Kaczynski was looking for revenge. Is it true that he shoved the ribbon up his own butthole and tried to lit it on fire and uh, yes. lit it on fire and then he called himself the first human bomb? Yeah, his, uh, yes, yes. Hmm. He also went by the uh, this big stinky yo-yo. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, he was not done with the airlines two years later uh, after American Airlines 444 in June of 1980. He sent a letter and a book to uh, the president of United Airlines, mm-hmm. Mr. Percy Wood, and the note that he sent along with it, he said, Dear Mr. Wood, I'm sending copies of Ice Brothers by Sloan Wilson to a Which number sounds of... sounds like a Wayan Brothers snow comedy. <laughs> <laughs> to a number of prominent people in the Chicago area because I believe this book should be read by all who make important decisions affecting the public welfare. So he's just an uncle. He's just a bad <laughs> uncle, but he has no ne- nephews or, nephews or uh, nieces to spread out his cool books that he thinks he's will educate them. a smelly Oprah. A smelly Oprah? Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. So uh, what actually was inside the book was a ingenious little bomb. When you opened up the book, the book exploded. Tiny metal and wooden fragments exploded in this guy's face. Hmm. He had uh, damage to his hands, his face, uh, in his thigh. There was a huge chunk of metal lodged right in there. This reminds me of those talking cards that Hallmark sells now. <laughs> when you open it and it's like over over the hill and it's like a big fat chick on a beach and then it just like, you open it up and she's like, happy birthday, you old bitch, you old bastard. Your balls are all wrinkly and strange. Happy birthday, oh, yeah. It's my birthday. What are you cool. with these cards? So he was just experimenting with that. But yeah. his, his birthday gift was a, was a bomb. A big you bomb. You know, but technically a lot of these bombs that, that Ted Kaczynski set out just kind of sound like Looney Tunes pranks. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's going to be a lot of Looney Tunes pranks coming up here pretty soon. He was definitely a prankster. Well, this is the point when uh, Postal Inspector Tony Muljot Bad shows- name. <laughs> So um, I think I want to go into medicine. Uh, what's your last name? M- Mulgat. Oh, you're gonna no, no, you're no, gonna no. be more post. Think more postal. Work. <laughs> you're a mailman. That's yeah. a mailman. <laughs> and uh, interesting fact about Tony Muljot: there was a biopic made of him for the USA Network in 1996, in which Muljot was portrayed by Dean Stockwell. Really? I yeah. love Dean Stockwell. Yes, of uh, Blue Blue Velvet, uh, Quantum Leap. Uh, Battlestar Galactica. There is Handsome no doubt. Guy. Cool no d- actor. <laughs> no doubt in my mind, now knowing that piece of information, 1995 USA Network, the only reason that network stayed on air is because of Lorenzo Lamas. <laughs> that show was the only show that mattered. Silk Stocking. Renegade. <laughs> and he was tortured into being handsome. We know this story. Yeah. <laughs> so Tony Muljot, he was the one that started putting a lot of the wood clues together. Uh, he noticed that in all of these bombings, there was always wood involved. There was wood pieces. There was a wooden box. Uh, in this bombing, the uh, letter was addressed to Mr. Wood. Uh, the oh. publisher of the book was Arbor House, whose logo was also a leaf. The phony return address was Raven's Wood Street. Cool. And so he did have a sense of humor. Yes. Yeah. I it, mean, it did. It does sound like all like locations from like a Fear Street novel. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Ravenswood Street. Ravenswood Street, where the babysitters are terrified. <laughs> mm. So this is also when he starts putting his own little signature on all the bombs. Uh, they found two initials punched onto the bomb. F.C. Okay. And they found out later that F.C. stood 
for Freedom Club. It is kind of fun. But in order for it to be a club, there has to be more than one person in a show. This is how sad and lonely Ted Kaczynski was. Even the manifesto is from the point of view of a group. He had to make up his own. He wasn't. He said he wanted to be a hermit, but no, he wanted friends. He wanted to be. He wanted to have like a Winnie the Pooh type scenario with a bunch of friends. And he was Piglet, and he had a funny bouncy tiger friend, and a soft bear friend, and a little boyfriend, and he couldn't get it together. And speaking of the wood used in this this whole process, like once uh, one Muljat, once he figured out like the, the the wood being used, where they started like kind of like pinging out like, well, one thing that we now know about him is that he is a woodworker. Like mm-hmm. he obviously he's got yeah. some kind of woodworking skill, um, and a pair of it a lot. Apparently, a lot of it was honed because he had a pen pal in Mexico. Huh. Did you read about this? No. Where he had a friend in Mexico that he would write in Mexico to this farmer that he somehow knew. That he was just like, you know, in, in perfect Spanish, was just like, and one day we will overtopple our governments, and the, the mountains will be free, and the cactus will be free. Mm. And, the, you know, and the Mexican guy's like, who is sending me letter? Why is he sending me letter? But so what Ted Kaczynski got known for is these wooden cylinders that all the bombs were put inside of, right? Because he also made one for his own fucking mother, which is a bad present for your mother i mean but it's he, nice to get her something though yeah it is you know yeah he severed ties quickly after but he sent him a a, a wood tube that just said montanary montanary sempre libere which meant mountain men are always free yeah. that's kind of fun it's a fun <laughs> message to- stupid oh yeah <laughs> mountain men are always free i agree with him so 1980 comes around after uh, this, uh, the president of, and that's what's amazing, he got to the president of United Airlines. Right. That's how far this guy could reach. Uh, so they I mean, was there, was there, uh, this is obviously before any major terrorist activities occurred on a, on a plane, right? This is even before like Lockerbie and all that stuff. I feel like everyone was just kind of taking it easy, living <laughs> that Hawaiian life, running <laughs> airlines and stuff. America was really easy in the 1970s. Yeah. You should Man, be- what, no, nothing was going on. It wasn't it- like there were roving gangs and gas shortages, <laughs> Jimmy Carter being a, being a fucking flip-flopper. Yeah, but even despite all that, everyone, the airlines were just like, oh, everything's just fine here. Dare I say hunky-dory. <laughs> Well, you, you, I remember when you could be able to, like, walk your grandmother onto the plane and then yeah. walk into the cockpit and shake the pilot's hands, and then sometimes they'll let mm-hmm. you fly. I remember when I was a kid, you just go in the cockpit, and the, the pilot, he kind of smelled like booze. Mm-hmm. He was like, <laughs> hey, pop up, pop up on my lap, and that popped up on his lap. And then what he did, he put his arms around my lower waist like it was a seatbelt, and he's like, you take the control. <laughs> you take the damn control. You were, you were molested. I flew, I flew the plane for 45 minutes. <laughs> really? <laughs> And I was like, this is, I mean, you just can't do it anymore in this post 9 11 world. You know? Well, yeah. I mean, did you fit Did you fit in the cockpit comfortably or did you find it to be a tight squeeze? Or It had like a smoking chair and there mm. was a game. They had been playing Monopoly for hours. Um, and there was just some asleep woman in oh. a lawn chair in there. <laughs> Interesting. Very different times back then. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think you just, um, you just kind of uh, screwed a wheel to the wall in your bedroom. Yes. And you just kind of turn that a little. Yeah, and I walked in one of my father's stag parties for the police station. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fun, though. 
1980, the FBI's Behavioral Sciences Unit comes on board. This is still, the Behavioral Sciences Unit was still fairly new at this time, but these people were extremely good at what they did. There are a ton of great books. There's Manhunter, there's Between Good and Evil. Read up on the Behavioral Sciences Unit. But they uh, put forth uh, a profile on this guy, and this is very early on. They've only got uh, a few bombings so far, but their initial profile fucking nails Kaczynski. They got it, huh? They said he was uh, an above average, uh, he had above average intelligence, he had uh, connections to academia, uh, that he was uh, kind of a, a neo-Ludite, where he just hated technology, mm-hmm. uh, and they had this guy absolutely nailed, but three you know, years later. You know, I was watching this doc, and one of the FBI analysts literally was just like, and when, as soon as we saw the first bomb, the first bomb, we knew, like, we had a nerd in our hands. He was just some <laughs> kind of nerd. It was just, like, amazing. I was like, yeah! <laughs> Sounds like an OK Cupid situation. They just they just described the man that they loved and they found him. Yeah, but they were describing Paul Bunyan, but what they got was a Teddy fucking Kaczynski. Well, yeah, yeah I mean everyone wants their nerd to still look like a jock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's most important. Yeah, yeah, at the end of the day. So this uh, goes on for a couple years, and the the BSU, they have their profile. This is what they're working with. This is who they're looking for. But other factions in the FBI decided that this was a dead end. This wasn't the guy they were looking for. Uh, They were looking instead for a (gasps) blue-collar airplane mechanic. Oh, yeah. And what what was the motive? What, What... was the reason for that? So they were thinking workplace violence? They were thinking that, yeah, it's that he uh, hated airlines, he, right. but he also hated universities for some reason. Right. I'll uh, tell you one he thing. Was just a, he was afraid of planes, and he couldn't read. So this is also when they put forth in 1983, they set up a 1-800 hotline for the Unibomb Task Force, and they also put out a $1 million reward for anybody who uh, happens to have any information leading to the arrest of U- the Unibomber. I like the idea of somebody calling up the 1-800 hotline, but they forgot to uh, hit the 9 instead of the 8. They were looking for a porno thing. And it was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, what am I wearing? Yeah, hood. Yeah, I love that hoodie. Hoodie, yeah. yeah tell aviator me. glasses. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, mm, yeah. You got a beard. You smell bad. Mm, yeah, mm. keep on going. <laughs> or uh, I also are you, like. Are you jacking really, off right now, sir? This is also a really good new way for jocks to like get at nerds is to call them up to the to the uh, Unabomber yeah, like, yeah. hotline and have the police come and pick them up in the middle of school. They'll probably pee their pants and everybody will laugh. Yeah, and then they'll <laughs> smell like human feces, and everyone will know it's them. So the next bomb is mailed. He gets back to professors. Uh, he mails it to Pad- Professor Patrick Fisher at Vanderbilt. And this is just extraordinary bad luck that this uh, that this bomb went off uh, at this certain place uh, because this the teacher that was supposed to go to, the professor he was supposed to go to, he was in Puerto Rico at the time. The teacher was in, the Fisher teacher was was in, in Puerto Rico. Fisher was in Puerto Rico, so his secretary was in charge of opening all the mail uh, and yeah a woman doing all the work again mm. uh, so the bomb explodes uh, it injures her face it injures her arms uh, but here's what the bad luck was all about is that the uh, bomb had been mailed using cancelled and insufficient postage it never should have got there in the first place uh, but apparently if the post guide felt like doing somebody a solid that day or they just didn't check. And so, that was literally yep. the last time a mailman has ever done a favor. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I feel bad for mailmen, you know? that's what I don't been feel tr- bad for mailmen. They're Yet- all part of their own society. 
Everyone's part of their own society, Henry. What does that mean? <laughs> nah, comedians are loners. There's wolves put out in the world. Like You're in a sketch group coast. with nine people. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so this poor secretary, so this post yeah. office guy did a good job, a, a good thing. And uh, Well, a secretary's first job is to possibly die for her boss. Yeah. It's secretary's <laughs> half bodyguard. It wasn't even supposed to go to this guy. Kaczynski didn't intend for it to go to this guy. He intended for the package to be returned to the fake address because of the insufficient postage. That was supposed to go to electrical engineering professor Leroy Wood Burnson of Brigham Young. Another Wood. Another Wood. So and a this- Mormon. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about Brigham it. Brigham Young, yeah. Um,. So he was trying to get goofy with it? <laughs> he was just trying to have fun? Be like, he I'm was doing s- a hook shot. Yeah, it sounds like the, the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar move here. Yeah. Revolutionary. Yeah, he, was a, he was pulling a Harlem Globetrotters. Yeah. So a couple months later, uh, he goes back to Berkeley, uh, and engineering professor Diogenes Angelakos. Now, this guy literally had stuffed grape leaves for feet. <laughs> he was so Greek. <laughs> Uh, he's uh, this is when uh, Kaczynski not all of his bombs were uh, mail bombs this some like of them were just cheese bombs, something like that. some of them were Jaeger bombs ooh <laughs> that, that's very popular though he was 20 years ahead of his time so uh, some of these he just planted in these universities which you know meant he did travel a fair amount so he, he Kaczynski dropped this one off himself he didn't he did. rely on the postal service no he didn't do this via, uh, the next couple of them are both uh, ones that he delivered himself he uh, delivered this one to the mathematics and computer science personnel office do you think that's because he was so upset they they blooped on the first on the last time he tried to get I, fun with the postal service I think like, I'll just do it myself it. then yeah. I think that it's also like there's a certain point because w- part of the way they break down this type of killers like they talk about like bomber killers is that they're very atta- detached and they like to like stand behind and watch the chaos happened right. and like in his case he was a missionary killer so he was doing it for a purpose but I imagine there's a point where he's like because we see this all the time his confidence is ramping up mm-hmm. he's starting to believe that he can control what he what other people do around him so I'm certain he wants to now get in the mix a little bit and, and then drop it off so maybe like not that they'll see you but so he can watch them pick up the the box and it'll get him all get his stinky little boner hard well he's a celebrity he wants to walk the red carpet he's got a big movie premiere coming out you know my sister is the best gift giver i've ever met of any person it's jackie zabrowski she shops all year thinking about her family and friends and puts little things aside for their birthdays and christmases i have no idea how she does it i don't know how she do it but guess what she always wins mother's day but not this year i'm coming back Ready to win Mother's Day and cement your reputation as the best gift giver in the family? I'm taking the crown. All right. Give the moms in your life an aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. I mean this. We have the aura frame up in my home. We absolutely love it. I can put photos on it very, very easily through the app. It's fun to do. And the memories keep cycling and I get emotional. And we filled it with pictures of Carmi and Wendy. And that is not sad. That is celebratory. So you should try it. It's honestly a really good product. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code LEFT at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. 
Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text and that helps you save time i know i'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with horse picks now part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents accounts now so what i've done to do is like so while i'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse picks over various country borders i then also have time because squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home so thank you squarespace for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch go to squarespace.com left to save 10 percent off your first purchase of a website or domain no matter what kind of work you do, how you communicate is key. All those emails, reports, and presentations are equally important to the collaboration needed to get things done. Grammarly can help. Grammarly is your AI writing partner to help you communicate more effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact at work. And isn't that what matters most? Better writing means a stronger impact. Grammarly works across 500,000 apps and websites. You can't escape it. Like the ever-pervasing octopus of malice that is the NSA. Grammarly is watching your every move, making sure that you're doing it right. Data privacy and security are woven into the foundation of Grammarly, into the very essence of its nature. Grammarly is a secure AI writing partner, and it helps your team make their point and move faster, because that's the key there. Work smarter, not harder. Yes, Grammarly. You know how many times it saves me from writing a long, rambling, one-sentence email at 4 o'clock in the morning to my beloved employees? Makes me sound like someone who doesn't just have a BA in theater. All right, I was taught how to be a tree. I was not taught how to survive as an adult. All right, my job was to cry in front of a weird Southern man who just told me, all sorts of weird stuff about my body. I didn't learn how to write. So thank you, Grammarly, because you're making me the boss I gotta be to motivate my team to get out there. And, oh, man, you don't want to mess with them. Thanks, Grammarly. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Sign up and download for free. Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Um, but uh, what's the news media like at this point? Unabomber is all over him? Or are they no. covering it? No, the the whole, uh, you know, the airlines thing, that was a big deal when it this happened. This is before Twitter and... Yeah, of course. Things, so, so, you know, it's when a bombing would happen and it came out that it was the Unabomber, then they definitely said, like, Unabomber strikes again. I see. Uh, but, you know, it's not 24 hours, not, not a 24-7 news cycle. So it wasn't on par with, like, Richard Ramirez or... No. There wasn't a... There was Son of Sam. No, no, There wasn't no, no. that chilling effect yet on no, society. 
but the manhunt was constantly building. Yeah. The more that these popped up, because then right. it became the biggest manhunt known to man. So he leaves this strange apparatus in the faculty lounge uh, at Berkeley in the electrical engineering apart- department. Uh, and it said that it had like a handsaw grip on it uh, and it was a weird, oddly shaped metal container. Hmm. So this professor, he just walks over and picks it up and when he uh, picks up the grip, uh, a pipe bomb inside blew up uh, this guy's face, his hand, his arm were all damaged. Uh, flesh was ripped from his fingers. His tendons were all fucked up. Mm. Uh, i hungry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty appetizing stuff. And it could have been much, much worse because what was actually inside this apparatus was a big tank of gasoline. But the reason why it didn't explode was because he filled the tank to the very top, and there wasn't any, a- there wasn't enough actual air and any enough oxygen in the gas tank for it to explode. Right. This is the problem when you when you are a nerd bombing other nerds. Sometimes these nerds are going to school you and how you're actually very stupid. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. This just seems like a very rookie mistake. Everybody knows that about gasoline. Yeah. The guy, the guy himself, the victim himself, uh, Professor Angelakos, he said the. Idiot filled the tank to the top. He well, didn't leave little... enough air for the gasoline to explode. Boom! It <laughs> seems a little cocky for a bomb victim. I'm sorry. Uh, and this time he's. This is when he starts uh, putting little false clues in there. Uh, he's uh, he wants to try to trick these guys, and he does a damn good job of it for a very long time, uh, tricking all these uh, investigators. What are some of these false clues? He left a note with the bomb that said. It works. I told you it would. And then he signed the initials RV. Now, what's and RV he did stand that for? To possibly implicate these other previous Berkeley colleagues. Holy shit. Yeah. And Robert Vaught. Yes, RV. Um, so now he's trying to frame up other people for these crimes. Yeah. Just throwing a bunch of roadblocks in the way. How he just also, be- it just gets to a point where he's getting like a little Riddler with it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he's doing enough damage. I do think he's wearing a green suit, though. Yeah, just a green screen from the moss grown on his body because <laughs> yeah. he's washing himself with his pee pee water. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, how didn't the note explode? How doesn't how doesn't the note explode in an explosion like this? You know, I'm not sure. I mean, I guess if you attach it to a certain spot, if you look at how the uh, I feel it, like if our show becomes bombing technique driven, we're going to get taken <laughs> off the air, right? Yeah, yeah, we can't do that. No, I mean, I'm talking about note survival. I'm just saying we can't we can't go through diagrams one on one, but I imagine it's some like what you do how an envelope bomb is you open it up and it goes like oh, boom, boom. you go like oh letter for grandma and then you open it up and then you don't have hands anymore ah uh, very yeah. scientific thank you Henry <laughs> so the next one comes three years later he waits three years before uh, his next bombing what are we at this now? is at when six? he's really getting heavy into his ribbon dancing yeah oh yeah <laughs> these three years are we at six bombs now uh i i don't know Roughly. i think so so okay. something like that and how can he, how does he have the um ability to just chill out for three years he's doing nothing he's, he's honing his skills he's just tinkering around well here's what ha- here's what's going on with his bombs and this is a part of his ingeniousness but also the reason why this took him so long and the reason why there were so many failed attempts because he was working on all of this without any electricity no yes. electricity, mm-hmm. no running water. Uh, he want, He's very meticulous about it. He wants to make sure that they're all built exactly the way he feels they should be built. And he is also building them with a message. You know, he wants yes. the note to it's, explode. If, if he also, wants the note to be be, to be there. I think so. he's just lazy and he wants to stop, stop working at sundown. 
No way, buddy. He's also working That's on it. his manifesto. Yeah. He's got his journals. There were several other bombs that he had in there that he was probably testing bombs. He was squat. It was like catching squirrels to fuck. He was he, he was this. catching squirrels to have sex with. Yeah, I don't know if that was in... before. It's the fleshlight of the forest. <laughs> you get the biggest, <laughs> thickest, fattest squirrel. You feed it for a bunch of months, yeah. right? And then one time you put a little Valium in the food, and then the squirrel gets all lethargic, and then you go and I mean. It's one and done. <laughs> well, I but. guess depending on how, uh, you know, into it the squirrel is. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And also depending on whether or not how big uh, old Teddy K's tube is. Yeah, it's good, probably. I, I I would not be surprised if he just whipped out a huge donker. I so. would think he has a gigantic yeah. cock. Yeah. You never know, though. You never yeah. know. It's always the weird skinny white guy. <laughs> it is. He pulled this fucking baby arm down. <laughs> So Air Force Captain and Berkeley grad student John Hauser goes into the computer lab at Berkeley. Uh, he sees a three-ring binder out. And, you know, it's not odd for a three-ring binder to be out, but for some reason he picks it up, he opens it, and the binder explodes. It's another bomb that he's left. I think uh, that the Unabomber Ted Kaczynski is really making a message here against snooping. <laughs> is that your three ring binder? Do you know who's three? Is it yours? Does it have your name? It's in cues. That's right. Oh, yeah. It's just him teaching. Yeah. He's like an Ann Landers. So this guy lost four fingers. Mm. Uh, he lost uh, partial vision in his left eye. Uh, he had medial nerve damage. Uh, blood was spurting out of his arm as soon as it happened. And here's the sad thing about it he was going to be an astronaut. Oh, why do you? What's the? What's gonna stop you from being an astronaut? He has six fingers. <laughs> oh, it's tough to be in space. You you gotta screw stuff in, and you you tie three pencils to the other side. Those are like fingers. Yeah, right? I mean that's true. If he's in space, and you you know maybe he can just kind of like glue some things onto him. <laughs> I don't know how Sorry, space being works. Being an astronaut's really yeah. scary. He dodged a bullet. Yeah, exactly. He would have died probably in like what Apollo eleven or whatever. Whatever yeah. the one blew up they yeah. were all fine yeah no not all of them the challenger was bad challenger yeah. it was also <laughs> called the challenger so yeah that's yeah. true yeah they should have gone with like the easy train <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a nicer ride i think so this bomb was much more i mean it was much more powerful from all the rest of them because he started using better materials he started using ammonium nitrate started using aluminum powder uh the shrapnel uh he used tacks lead nails uh, and I also mentioned because there was a period of time when they said that he did go and attempt to make human connections in the town that he was like 50 yards from. Yeah, so he'd walk right. over there and there was this woman talking about it. She's like, oh, Ted used to come in here and he'd talk about books and it was all over my head, but I gave him some rice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Must have been fun. What a barrel of laughs. I would have loved to see him lying this whole time. Be like, yeah, I need I need a... Uh, yeah, like uh, coal crated nails, and then some. I got a. I run a. I run. I construction. I'm I run construction. A bunch of this stuff. Uh, so, uh, yeah, no, yeah. I'm. Yeah, I'm Ted. Yeah, Ted from the foam rubber plant. Yeah, oh, you remember me? Uh, good. You remember me? Oh, that's oh, yeah. bad. I wish you didn't. Mm, dang. Oh, dang. My name's Fred Malinsky. Mm. I need all these nails for uh, nail collection. Frogs. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> he also apparently befriended a small boy in the town. Which what do you mean? He, he befriended a small boy. Did the boy change his will to murder? Because <laughs> if he didn't, he's not a very cute kid. No, the kid was probably like, yeah, get him, Ted. Yeah, fuckers, yeah. get those fuckers. 
<laughs> so now we're about we're finally getting into the fatalities. Yes, uh, first kill, finally, Christ. <laughs> well, he's done a lot of damage, and I think we're we've been lucky so far. Yeah, so far. So he starts planting bombs in parking lots, uh, and the parking lots of computer stores. Mm. First one he plants uh, in front of the Rintec computer store in Sacramento. It was a block of nails with, or it was a block of wood with nails coming up from it. You know the type of thing. You know you run over. It's going to ruin your car tire. Right. So, yeah. So the uh, the owner, Hugh Scrutton, <laughs> he uh, walked over, and as soon as he picked up the chunk of wood, uh, the entire thing exploded, blew off most of his hand, uh, fragment in his organs, impaled his heart. Ooh. He died almost instantly. Nerd on nerd violence. <laughs> it is a shame. That is it sad. It is a damn shame. Mm-hmm. They should be getting along. They should all be taking care of each other. I agree. So this one had uh, sharp-edged chunks of metal, nails, splinters. Uh, had three ten-inch pipes with a mix of potassium sulfate, a bunch potassium of those, chloride. Like, like, what are those like? You know, uh, like blade saw, like pogs jammers. You remember those jammers? <laughs> yeah, jammers. I, I do want to see like a live report of somebody like. 50 feet away from it just like yeah uh, zoom in on this this is where I got my splinter right here in it's the, right in the, here I, I got a, if you know if you zoom in yeah that's, and they say splinters are one of the worst pains humans can have next to paper cuts am <laughs> so, I another victim <laughs> of the about, Unabomber so I can I'll, I'll, I'll be here all day if you want to call or interview for interviews ask me uh, questions or yeah. something you know that was it. my block of wood he ruined <laughs> yeah so anybody who's researched the Unabomber case or anybody who was alive at any time in the mid-90s, then you know about the sketch, the famous oh, yeah. I mean, sketch was, of the Unabomber. That was what I had on the, the folder that I kept all of my Unabomber clippings on. I took the picture of the sketch and I duct taped it to the front of the folder. Yeah. So you may mm-hmm. be asking yourself, why is it so shitty? Yeah. Why was it so wrong? Why was it so cool? That's what I want to know. It was cool as shit. Yeah, it, it made him look like a supervillain. Yeah. Yeah, he kind of well, he kind of looks like like a Mexican Lone Ranger. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, and the reason why it's so bad is because the only witness there ever was to any of the Unabomber's crimes uh, was a secretary outside of Cam's Inc., uh, which was in Salt Lake City. Uh, she saw a guy with a hooded sweatshirt and sunglasses put something down on the ground. Mm. Uh, and she said he was six feet tall, he was about 165, aviator sunglasses, Wearing a hoodie, uh, and she was all the way across the parking lot from this guy. Also, she did not thing, get again, a good look about, at him. About secretaries, is you don't want them to have that long of vision because if, as soon as they start seeing freedom, they will go for it. <laughs> I know. They are your slave. They are your soldier. They are your servant. They are your lover. I think you're going to have a lot of sexual harassment claims <laughs> when you're the boss of Henry Zabrowski, Inc. So the vice president of CAMS, Gary Wright, drives Uh-oh. his truck into the parking lot, uh, sees the piece of wood with the nails sticking out. It's the exact same thing. Uh, he kicks it. It's going to kick it out of the way, and it blows up with the same force. But uh, Gary Wright survived. This is what he said. He said, uh, at first, I thought I'd been shot. I started to bounce around quite a bit, and I could see my pants were missing from about my knee down my left leg. My shoes had been burned, and there were quite a few holes in my body. Kick it. Damn. That's what you got to do. <laughs> if you see something, never pick it up. 
If you have to kick. touch it, give it a kick. Yeah. You know what I would That's say? It. You know what's a good thing to do at a thing that you don't know what it is and you're not sure if you want to sure if it's a bomb or not? Throw a banana at it. <laughs> yep. From like 20 yards away and see what happens. Let the banana take the hit. Yeah. Yeah. And this guy, right, 11 years later, at, during the trial when they were doing victim impact statements, he said, I still remove pieces of shrapnel that continue to rise from below the surface of my skin. It's kind of yeah. cool, though. <laughs> this is also another yeah. way, and I'm not going to really put this out there because I don't believe that you should murder anybody. But if you're having a hard time breaking up with somebody and you see a mysterious package, you could also tell them to go kick it. Yeah. Well, you could. <laughs> but then don't but you if you are that person, never kick something that someone tells you tells you to kick. How secure is your relationship? Not How they, bro- they broke up, Henry. I'm just saying. It, well, then it's not secure cuz they're broken up. <clears throat> no one should kill anybody. I'm not saying <laughs> I'm just saying, but think about it. Your partner dies a horrific bombing tragedy. You get all the points. But I'm just saying, I'm it's not, not do at it. midnight. Mm. It's not. It's not the Comedy Central show, which we should be on, by the way. Yeah, Please. fans petition us for uh, at midnight. I guess they they're active on Twitter. You can reach Chris Hardwick there. Yeah, that's where um, they get all their material from. Right, but if you um, if you tell your boyfriend or ex girlfriend to go kick something, then they don't kick it, and they say you go kick it. Then how are you going to get out of you not kicking it? Mm. Just don't kick. Run away. Run away. Get out of town. <laughs> tell them you better go. Tell them you forgot your bike at yeah. the bus stop. And yeah. then you just never go back and you never see them again. You say goodbye to all your stuff. So the next victim, this is this guy is definitely his nerdiest victim. His name is uh, Dr. David Galertner. Yeah. No. It's not a good name. Galertner. Because, you know, they call him like the Galertner and he had like one of those backpacks that were like 75 pounds. Just sounds like at some point some unlucky bastard got a Glorkner gun and for like World War II and when you shoot it the barrel just droops and makes a sad sound. <laughs> Excuse me, Mrs. Harris, you forgot to assign homework. <laughs> Shut up, Glorkner. I hope someone blows you up one day, you big old uh, nerd. I don't mean it. Galert. I, I, I just want to let you guys know that I have cut my own underwear, so in an attempt of a grundy, I will not be feeling it. Thank you. So he got blown up pretty bad. He did do kind of a badass thing. He drug himself down five flights of stairs uh, and made it to the uh, campus medical center. But he has the saddest quote. He said, there are computer scientists far more distinguished than I. I don't even like computers that much. (laughs) He didn't even have the ego to get blown up. No, bro, this is your shot at the big leagues. You got blown up. You know what? It really inspired me to really get into the electric guitar and so you'll see me uh, on my my new cover band the galertner boys will be covering the likes of uh, the welks brothers and travis whitley Good the tuba God. sensation he acted like macklemore after he won the uh, vma award for best rapper he's like i am sorry i am not the best rapper. i do not uh you're a computer scientist far more distinguished than i i just want to say thank you i just want to say thank you to whoever sent the bomb i never never nice, thought i'd dude. be a uh, Doing this interview, number one. <laughs> you know, no one's ever talked to me before. All right, no one's really given me a Band-Aid yet. I'd really appreciate one of those yeah. as well. Mm. <laughs> and, you know, and Kaczynski doubled up on this guy because not only did he blow him up, but he also called up Galertner's brother, who was a geneticist, and just told him, you are next. But he was too busy on a motorcycle with a woman in a halter top smoking a cigarette next to Yosemite Canyon. Yeah. <laughs> they don't call me Galertner. They call me uh, Mr. G. G. Yeah. Maybe you met me. Yeah. My name's G. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
How'd you find out my last name was Galertner? <laughs> <laughs> Your last name's Galertner, and she leaves him. <laughs> Come on. That's how nerdy these people were. This is where, yeah, uh, Ted thought, I mean, Ted was cool. Yeah. First time in his life. So the next fatality, this is when he's on his run. This is 1994. All so of these how, bombings how have been. How much time has passed here? No. Oh, man. Uh, so far, we're this has been 16 with 80, years. At, yeah, he okay. started in 1978. Uh, and this is in 1994, so he's been going for 16 on years average, now. On average, how long did he take between each bomb? I would some say on months and some were years. Yeah, right. I would say on average because some of them, there were some there was a six year gap uh, between one, there was a three year gap between another, uh, and then other times he was doing them. Yeah, just like month after month. Uh, but and you don't really know why. Uh, we do kind of know why he how, or how he chose these people. Uh, he would go and look through directories at the libraries. He would mm-hmm. look through these printed directories. He would order them and look through all these printed directories of uh, professors all throughout the United States. And he, even though he didn't necessarily know much about these people, he would just see you know Galertner. Associate right. professor uh, yeah, of and, computers. And, and from his mind, he's watching. He's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna get all these jocks." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He just keeps bombing worse nerds than him. Because in him, in his mind, these were yeah. the jocks. <laughs> these right. were the jocks. So it's December 10th, 1994, uh, and we're getting real close to him being captured here. Uh, but he sends a uh, a mail bomb to Thomas Moser, uh, who. He was unfairly depicted as helping Exxon Valdez clean up their image after the big spill in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Ted zeroed in on that guy. So uh, what, Ted was, he was a member of ELF now? He was like a, a member of the Weathered uh, Underground? Uh, he, he thought he, he got was. got all liberal again, all of a sudden? I mean, but we said at the same time, the Weather Underground was like full of a bunch of people writhing around each other, having sex, and that's all that doing was about, acid, yeah. and having a great time and killing people. Yeah, blowing up. Well, they never actually killed anyone. Well, I mean, the group did. No, Ted <laughs> had an old watermelon <laughs> yeah. that was his best friend. Right, that's in true. In his stupid little cabin next to a fucking highway. Yeah. Oh, and watermelons. Just, that's a yeah. short relationship, you know? Once you drill the hole in it, maybe maybe 48 hours. <laughs> Gets all soggy. Sweet, sweet 48 hours, though. That's a honeymoon I'd like to take. It's very interesting the way that he chose these people because he does choose, I guess, in this situation, he he can be like, I'm, I'm, I'm the good guy. And I guess, yeah. technically, this is the best. This, may, this makes him... Uh, this is the worst person that he's sent a bomb to, even though the yeah. guy was just doing his job. Yeah, but it was, yeah, no, but it wasn't true. Yeah, he wasn't, even, he wasn't involved in it. Right. He just, but yeah, the media had said something that he was. Uh, some shitty environmental magazine. Right. Yeah, had said that he was uh, very much involved in helping clean up the image. So basically, uh, Kaczynski was just getting environmental magazines delivered to his house, and then he was buying a bunch of nails all the time. He wasn't getting anything <laughs> that, at his house. He yeah. was doing the thing. He went to Barnes & Noble, and he sat around and acted like it was a library. Right, right. Reading all the magazines for free, like taking advantage of our technological advancements in society. He's the only person to walk into a Barnes & Noble, and the staff members are just like, um, why don't you use the bathroom? Go to the bathroom. <laughs> Feel free. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It says here I have to talk about something I need to get off my chest, and I guess I can share it here. I I eat mayonnaise for fun. It's a hobby of mine, and it's an addiction. It's a daily weight on my life. How much I need whipped egg whites and oil crammed into my veins. As soon as I wake up, and a lot of people carry around a lot of different stressors, big and small. Some people are presidents. 
Some people are soldiers. Some people have to eat mayonnaise, especially with hard-boiled eggs, which is what I eat for lunch. But I guess I should share that in therapy. Because therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And what I do is I just add eggs if I have mayonnaise left over. I just continue to add the eggs. But if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I hope they can help me. My God. I hope they can help me. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LastPod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp! H-E-L-P dot com slash LastPod. Hey! Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. That's one of my favorite things about it. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. Now, personally, I'm in the middle of re-landscaping my yard. I like to do it myself because I called up a landscaper to see how much it costs, and it was absolutely insane. Plus, I love dirt. I love getting my hands in the dirt, and I love planting things myself. And fast-growing trees has given me some wonderful plants that I can use. Like I got this uh, Texas sage, it's purple. I've dug up a whole bunch of horrible bushes and shrubs up in front of my window and in front of my house and put some purple Texas sage up there and it's going to thrive and it's going to look real good. Now I don't even have to go to a nursery to buy it. It came to my house. Now, this spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEFT at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code LEFT at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code LEFT. Offers valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list. With Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors. It's a waste. Don't waste hours on apps. Besides appetizers, that's the kind of apps I like. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Did you know that empanada is already Spanish? I didn't. Thanks, Babbel. Did you know that burrito is already Spanish. Wow! I just gotta learn all the rest. And eventually, I'm gonna be eating downtown Mexico. Thanks, Babbel. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash left. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash left, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash L-E-F-T. Rules and restrictions may apply. So, uh, despite the uh, company's name being actually incorrectly spelled, this guy opened it up anyway, and the bomb was so powerful that his head was almost severed from his body, and his hands barely connected to his fingers, and his intestines were just a mess. But I would also say this, too, this is also a good kind of 
an interesting, serious lesson of like, don't open things that aren't spelled correctly. Don't yeah. open things that yeah. look kind of weird. If you're not expecting a package, um, you're a part of some the takedown of the technocracy. So uh, don't open it. And judging by Marcus's description, don't open boxes with your teeth. Good <laughs> lord, how did his head almost get blown off? I mean, he packed it with razor blades, metal, Ooh. nails. Uh, it was a vicious bomb. Razor blades, that, that seems, uh, he's, so he's stepping it up. Yeah. And it was also a shame because he had his favorite hat on. Not to make <laughs> fun of the victim. No, no, never. So this is what his wife, Susan, said. Uh, this is how she described the blast. She said... A thunderous noise resounded throughout the house. A white mist was pouring from the kitchen doorway. When the mist settled to the floor, a horrifying image emerged. My husband's body, face up on the floor, his stomach slashed open. His face was partially blackened and distorted. Blood. Horror. And then I mounted him and I <laughs> felt his rock-hard love feeling <laughs> pressing against my soaking wet ocean-like vulva. <laughs> He entered me. That was the first time I ever came. Henry? What's happened? <laughs> <laughs> I thought I lost you guys. Romance. I thought, I thought Ro we dropped the thing. <laughs> Romance, Henry. No, we're just, you know... Sitting in it. Being romantic. Oh, good. You guys having sex? No! 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 no. no. Finger at each other over there! Stop it. <laughs> oh, my God. Way off subject. But my friend Dave, who uh, designed uh, the graphics uh, yeah, yeah. graphics for uh, Cape Company Radio, he saw a man get knocked out at a bar in Menominee, Wisconsin, because by a woman, because he uh, the woman was leaning over the bar, and he stuck two fingers in her butthole. Whoa! <laughs> she turned around, and, and she's a... Possess you! No, no! Oh! She's a big Wisconsin and a woman she knocks him out and then the whole time she's just screaming he put fingers in my butthole he put his fingers in my butthole uh, so that was a funny scene anyway off top uh, yes so next uh, his uh, third fatality and his last victim was on April 24th 1995 this guy uh, his name was Gilbert Murray uh, and he was supposed to be part of the timber industry and of course we know that you know Ted was a big fan of nature you know and compared himself to Thoreau, uh, and he decided that this guy needed to die. One staffer, when they got the when they got the package, uh, the staffer said, "Well, this is heavy. Must be a bomb God, again." Every and, time, and, every time. And it was in extreme bad taste because uh, Oklahoma City had happened. Four days earlier, he also uh, after the the Oklahoma City bombing happening happened. Ted Kaczynski was so fucking stinky jealous yeah. uh, uh, of Timothy McVeigh because he was I, he couldn't believe it. He as he was like coming out of the like he watched the news and apparently he flipped out and was right. like, "No, I'm the ultimate bomber. I'm the bomber." And it was all oh, it's like it's like those uh, world's fattest people. You know, there has to be someone who's three, who's like, I'm 893 pounds, and someone's 898 pounds, and they're like, I'll, I'll get there. I, that's, uh, yeah, um, whatever. But now, uh, McVeigh, he got caught uh, very shortly after. Two days he was after. arrested. Yeah, it was, was almost was, uh, immediate. The Unabomber's name was tossed around in that situation, right? I'm sure it was. Yeah. I mean, Absolutely. I but then yeah. they were like, no, he was making his, he was whittling his bombs. Yeah. Right. 
These are handmade bombs. This was like nothing even close to what uh, to what McVeigh did. Uh, although this one did destroy the entire office in which it was open. Destroyed all the furniture, blew a hole in the wall. By far his most powerful bomb to date. Uh, but he's also, I guess, he's starting to get cocky. And this is when he decides it's finally time to unveil himself to the world. And this is when he mails industrial society and its future to the New York Times and the Washington Post. Which okay. sounds like a prog rock album. Yeah, with yeah, definitely. Trip Skippelman on the double bass. <laughs> Ooh, cool. Industrial um, society and its future. <laughs> the, I like that. The manifesto is a tough read. Uh, yeah. there's, there's certain interesting things in there. It's basically he's anti technology in a way that I don't particularly totally glean, but it seems the way he kind of, the, the, uh, the summary is that he believes that technology takes away our individuality and that our indi- like once that happens we'll be a part of a gigantic technocratic dictatorship yes henry i want to ask you this question because yes. i feel like you'll have a good answer for it what was more difficult to read the kaczynski um manifesto let's say uh, who else let's say zodiac mm-hmm. Maybe some mm. BTK in there, or the letters that Chris Farley wrote to his parents from rehab. Oh my god! That's cruel, man. I'm telling. It, it was so sad. Henry and I are both huge Chris Farley yeah, fans. Yeah. He's the our, letters Chris Farley's wrote to his parents were all like, "Like I do well today." Yes. Me hope me don't drink no more. Like it was all he he wrote like a child. But Kaczynski was slightly. Um, what, what made his uh, manifesto so difficult to read? Snooze fest. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's very dry. You put a Not little shocking. bit of violence in there. You put one mention of a nipple. You have my full undivided attention. Right. Or a reptilian drawing, drawings. Sure. Would have helped. So the number one complaint is that he's boring. I mean, he was a little bit racist, but it was mostly against these things called the leftists, is what he just used when it seemed like it was just, that was just code for the cool group of kids that he couldn't be a part of when he went to school at Berkeley and at Harvard in the 1960s. And it's like, just means people that don't wear bras. It seems like the, but the Exxon Valdez guy, that was, that's an interesting choice if he was so against the leftists. I mean, it wasn't a. I mean, leftist. It's it's weird how he says leftist because when he says leftist, he's talking about the over socialization. That's the word he keeps using over and over again. Over socialization. Uh, it's leftist and environmentalism don't have anything in common as far as uh, as far as he's concerned. Henry, actually, the the whole. I think this really does what he feels about leftist. All right, uh, Henry. Why don't you read that uh, part that I've got italicized there? The moral code of our society is so demanding that no one can think, feel, and act in a completely moral way. Some people are so highly socialized that the attempt to think, feel, and act morally imposes a severe burden on them. In order to avoid feelings of guilt, they continually have to deceive themselves about their own motives and find moral explanations for feelings and actions that in reality... You listen! You listen! They have a non-moral origin. We use the term over-socialized to describe such people. And I want to be with Ashley. And I want to go to the malt shop with the seniors. And they never invited me because the math club all smelt like milk. And there's nothing I can do about smelling like milk. My family's home smelled like milk. Ben! 
Oh Jesus! <laughs> Did I miss something? I mean, I'll it's. <laughs> I mean, it's all in the delivery because it can either be delivered by a nerd mathematician, but you could also deliver it like. The moral code of our society is so demanding right. that no one can think, oh, feel, or act in a completely moral way. I agree. Some people are so highly socialized that the attempt to think, feel, and act morally imposes a severe burden on them. In order to avoid feelings of guilt, they continually have to deceive yeah. themselves about their own motives and find moral explanations for feelings and actions that in reality have a non-moral origin. We use the term over-socialized to describe such people. Ted, 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 Ted. Sir, sir, did you, you wanted 20 on, on pump seven? On pump five! I don't know, man. Give him that gas for free. He's got some cool ideas. <laughs> well, because what he was saying is, is that basically the, the the what he says is like socialized means that the government wants to homogenize by making us believe that everyone is equal. He and tried he out for. That, I'm sure that he went out and tried to play a pickup game of basketball, and just no one chose him, and then he was like against it. You don't think I don't have the reach? I have long <laughs> arms, and I have a vertical of at least four inches. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so socializing meant that you know, like he just thought that every, they thought that they were in order to make everybody equal, which is what the leftist wants. Is that what it does is make sure that nobody's special, right. and that means it ruins the idea of an individualist, which is what he technically believed himself to be, uh, and mm. that that was the problem. I agree with him. There's only one. There was I mean, only one Ted Kaczynski, so he was he wasn't an individualist. Yeah, there was there was only one Peyton Manning, and he's a good man. And there was well, only one no. Lauren McCall who also just died. Lauren McCall, who? Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's you know there was a ton of debate as to whether they should publish this thing or not. You know they think you know is this giving into a terrorist if we publish this? But eventually they decide that if we publish this thing, then. Maybe someone will recognize this guy's writing because he said that he would kill in ninety days. Yeah, if they didn't said, publish it, he would kill in ninety days. Classic. Yeah, and when there was a debate going on as to whether uh, they should publish it, you know who came forward? Fucking Bob Guccione. Guccione. Oh, Guccione, yeah. the fucking owner of Penthouse Magazine. He says, "I'll fucking publish it. I'll, do, I'll, I'll right fucking put it out solid there." Solidest, bushiest beavers I yeah. got in all of Los Angeles. <laughs> That's and beavers are found in the woods. So isn't that nice? <laughs> So Bob Guccione, he volunteers to publish it, but Kaczynski, what which weird, he had... What a weird day in the editing room, if, or in the oh, editor's Jesus office, if they Christ. did publish they'd be like, okay, we're going to do the double dongs with the two chicks on the bikes, then we're going to do the spunk shot with Pamela, she's only 18, or 17 and a half, we'll call she, we'll say she's 18. Uh, we're gonna hey, do he a, said you're kicking me out of the hotel, guys. Yeah, we got Pamela, one chick... shut up! We got a new chick who actually likes to get booted, like literally she likes to boot in her pussy, uh... Unabomber's going to be doing an entire memoir in the middle there. It's going to be 42 pages of the magazine. And, uh, yeah, and then we'll uh, we'll do one with a chick eating a cherry. Can we do piss this month? Next hey, month. Hey, we do piss <laughs> every month. Every month. <laughs> well, Kaczynski, he replied, he said, you know what, I'm very gracious, but it's not a very respectable publication. So, he, so how if, did the guy reach out to uh, the Unabomber? You know, I'm not sure on that. It one. Must have been publicly. I yeah, guess. it has to have been, yeah. had to have been a public thing. Uh, Imagine how smelly just the letter was. <laughs> you know, like you just get him like when from what Guccione or Kaczynski. <laughs> one guy's full of spunk and lube, and the other's got nothing but nails and uh, wood and, and gas in his hands. So he uh, said that you know, Penthouse was less respectable. So he said that if it is published in Penthouse and only Penthouse, that he reserved the right to plant one and only one bomb intended to kill after the manuscript was published. 
Just one. That, that was his. That was his bargain. Unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. Tekasinski's entire plan with the manifesto, or at least his like overarching uh, view of it, was that revolution. Can I just that- say this? Actually, now that I think about it, Penta- That's how bad Penthouse was. <laughs> he was still. He was. Gonna, he was going to get to kill one person. This is not a. That's an insane deal. That's a negotiate. That's a weird negotiation. I'm What's being yeah. like? Okay, you can kill one nerd. All right, and that's only because <laughs> we hate nerds here, right? And because our sales are worse than Playboys. Yeah. But I also like to bring up how many less uh, boobies and beavers are we going to see this week with this manifesto clogging up my penthouse thing. <laughs> so what we're going to have to do is make the type really, really small, and for that. You can also kill one boy because that right. is half a man. I do feel <laughs> bad for the poor, for, uh, poor person. If it wasn't penthouse, it would flip in through while rock hard. And be like, ooh, hardcore erotica. I mean, the fetish that this would lead to uh, <laughs> if you just ended up coming a whole bunch to Kaczynski's manifesto. <laughs> that's not. That's not good. Oh yeah, I'm gonna take down the fucking technocratic industrial society. What do you think? Fucking take that technocracy. Do you think Hustler would have gotten him two kills? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so uh, eventually, the New York Times and the Washington Post decided to both publish it. Uh, they decided to both split publishing costs, uh, and they thought, of course, someone's going to recognize it, and someone did. David Kaczynski, Ted's brother, recognized it through one strange little phrase because he was okay. reading it and he thought, like, this is this is familiar, you know. Like, I know Ted kind of writes stuff like this. Yeah, they had been estranged for a while at this point. Well, he because he cut off the whole family, even yeah. though his mom was paying him. Yeah, his mom was giving him his money throughout mm. this whole, uh, his whole, uh, this whole time, and he had cut off his brother finally because his brother got married and he was jealous. That's of a, his brother meeting a woman. Thanks yeah. for bringing that up. I forgot. Trust fund. That's just a trust fund kid. He's yeah. just another trust uh, fund kid. The most pitiful trust fund kid possible. I hate BTK because of his puns, <laughs> and, I don't, I, and I don't like Kaczynski because he's a trust fund kid. At least his poetry was short. And at least he had a job and he was working hard, you know? <laughs> so the one thing that tipped uh, Ted's brother off that this was actually Ted was one weird little reversal of a saying. The saying... You can't have your cake and eat it, too. Kaczynski, however, and Kaczynski's mother both said it. You can't eat your cake and have it, too. That was it. That was it. it. Also, because his brother had been getting up until the point they had severed their relationship. He would send his brothers these ranting letters about, like, you know, the the government and technology. And so basically, this is a good lesson. If you're going to be a bomber, which I don't recognize, I don't think you should be. No. But you leave your philosophy out of, like, your emails <laughs> to your, like, your friend. Don't flirt with people and don't catch up with people by telling them how you're going to take down the technocracy. Well, David, before he uh, calls the FBI, he wants to make absolutely sure that it's Ted. Uh, and so he hires a private investigator. The private investigator checks him out, uh, looks through, uh, compares the letters that uh, David already has to letter the Unabomber Manifesto. And they just said, you know, it's... Almost certain that this is the same guy. A private investigator uh, was the first one to kind of solve the case. Yeah, to, to have that say, that that moment of yes, this is probably the same guy. Uh, and so David, oh, man, he goes to the amazing. FBI, and you know this is two, th- three years after Waco. You know, this is four yeah. years after Ruby Ridge. The FBI and the ATF, who were both heavily involved in this case, don't have the best reputation at this moment. Right? No. So. David decides, he says, you know, listen, we're going to do this, uh, but 
you cannot go in there guns a blazing. You have to do this delicately. If you try going in there guns a blazing, he will blow himself and you you up with it. Absolutely. Can you imagine also like you imagine that the whole shed is probably booby trapped. He's oh, got yeah. a bunch of shit going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he knows you're coming, then it's gonna be bad. Uh, so that's when the stakeout begins. Ooh, and they stick. This is just a this is a Dan Aykroyd movie that should have. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what it sounds like. It is. So they started just moving FBI members into town, uh, and this is what a guy said. Uh, this guy Robert Graysmith said in a book, uh, a Unabomber, a desire to kill. He said uh, they were uh, mountain men who were too tidy, postal workers <laughs> far off their roots, tourists out of season, lumberjacks, and prospectors. <laughs> No, I'd no. like to see your finest hole that has the fish. <laughs> Me and my buddy Craig here mm-hmm. have come all the way from Munkatunka, mm-hmm. Idaho. <laughs> and we are here to do some fishing because if I ain't fishing, I'm driving my truck. <laughs> yeah, well, what's Craig's last name? It's it's Begar it's Begloglerler. Begloglerler. Hey, isn't it? Isn't it, Craig? It's what did what did you say? Begloglerler. <laughs> Mm. That better be my name. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, let's go. Mm, I want to see a deer in the forest. <laughs> so uh, people in the town immediately knew something was weird. You know, everyone yeah, had the s- town turned into Twin Peaks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they had people with snowmobiles that were brand new. They just, but they didn't really know what was up. But had they, you know, known Ted a little bit better and had they actually liked him. catching each other in, like, fishing nets and, yeah. like, all covered in neon gear, like, for hunting and stuff. I want to see a bunch of, yeah, a bunch of cops or uh, FBI, uh, ATF people putting the snowmobiles in the water. <laughs> wow, These well, are the craziest jet skis I've ever seen. They just kind of drowned. That's huh? weird. I do most of my hunting in Key West. <laughs> they finally get a tip off on how to get Ted out of the apartment because they waited for... I mean, days upon days for Ted to come out, but he never did. Uh, and they had sharp shooters on him. They had all sorts of things. He's not coming out. He's got a shit and piss bucket in there. He's got no reason to come out. Yeah, but I mean, he would have to run out of food at some point. He would have to come out at some time. He would have to come out sometime, but you know how the ATF gets. They're very impatient. What do they have to do? <laughs> you ate your, got your whole life. Just They're, They are clocked hourly. Yeah, and that's yeah. the problem. So, so they get it. They reach double time at certain point, and they can't pay that. So they get this guy, his name's Butch Gehring, uh, and Butch tells him that, you know, Ted's very worried about the boundaries between his land and the government's land, because apparently his land bumped up against some government land. So they sent in a park ranger with a map saying like, hey, Ted, can you come on out? You know, there's, you know, we want to ask you some questions about Ted, y- your land. Ted, I know, I know how concerned you are. There's a bunny choking on a strawberry. <laughs> Out here, and I, you need to come see it as it dies. Yeah, got to. So he comes outside, and they immediately handcuff him. Uh, and they take him, uh, while they're searching the cabin, uh, they take him to the local police station, and they uh, set this woman with him. Uh, her name's uh, Alice DeLong. She's an FBI agent. Uh, she fed him. She held a can of soda up to his mouth and gave him something to drink. Hmm. Uh, and she said that, okay, this is what she said about it. She said, I felt as he droned on about cooking turnips and carrots using limited facilities yeah, as if just... I were on a bad date. <laughs> yeah, Which is like that one woman he went on a date with back in the day because it says here so he was talking about how to cook turnips and carrots. <laughs> and it's just him just been like, you wanted to cook a turnip until 
You hope that it gets white. <laughs> and carrots can be so soft and sweet, you'd think you're eating candy. Wow. But they're yeah. carrots. It is the most boring thing to cook, and it's certainly the most boring thing to discuss cooking. Yep. Gotta wash it in the stream. Can't trust the aluminum in the water. I mean, at that point, if you're actually on a real day with them and you're not in it, uh, a uh, working for the government, you just want them to get to the bomb part. Just yeah. for hey. an exciting time. If you're 34 and single, I'll date anybody. That, you know what I'm saying? Well, he knows how to cook. <laughs> 34 and single, uh, sign me up for uh, I'm that man. <laughs> Back. You know, well, Mondays. I know. I'm it. sorry, I was being Kathy. Hang in there, you know. Uh, uh, yeah. That's the only men that are out there. They're either, they're either good, they're either married or gay or taken. Yeah. And I'm going to eat mint chocolate ice cream and go to sleep tonight. Isn't that right, girls? Yeah. That is so funny. That's funny. God, I love working here at the shit factory. <laughs> so, uh, Vista Long, she continued, he smelled like warm dirt. Which, which is code for uh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> night soils, they called it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he smelled like warm dirt and was so filthy that even his long eyelashes were caked with soot above the bluest eyes I've ever seen. Oh. He, oh. He was missing a front tooth. Oh. Why is she in love with him? <laughs> if we would have ended with above the bluest eyes I've ever seen, then you'd think. Because yeah. warm dirt, I kind of like the smell of warm dirt. Dirt no, smells good. No, no, no. I love the smell of dirt. You're wrong. You grew up with horses, though, and a pig was yeah. your father. <laughs> That's the whole thing about it. Who doesn't love the smell of dirt? No Me. one likes it. You don't like, I like the-, the smell of, of. I like the smell of women's shampoo and, and, mm. and their. Clothes coming out of the dryer. Yeah, I like yeah, that too. But or you know something that really makes you feel clean and not disgusting. Yeah, but y'all baked don't. Goods. Y'all oh, don't I like, love baked goods. Y'all don't like how dirt smells. No, I will say I've never smelt it um, because that would. I don't know where I or how. I don't know how to do that. Yeah, I also don't <laughs> lay down in graves in order to relax, Marcus. Right. <laughs> well, dirt can smell very nice. Yeah, it's actually it's you're just a, the ones who are wrong. Well, it's just, it's it's death. Dirt is just a bunch of death that's been anyway. It smells wonderful. It's, it's just b- old bones and bugs. Yeah, that's all it is. Just dirt. It's just stupid dirt. Right. I like the like... smell of pizza. Oh, pizza is great. I enjoy all of these smells as well. I'm just saying... This is sometimes it's funny. Sometimes Marcus reveals himself. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have you know, I'm not the only one that thinks it smells good. Uh, Anyways, they confiscated over 700 items from wow. his 10 foot by 12 foot cabin, uh, and they found uh, a ready to mail bomb beneath his bed. Any day he was about to mail out another bomb. They don't know where, uh, but he had one ready to mail out, and he was already working on the one after that. I feel like you don't have to put it underneath your bed. That's like you know shutting the bathroom door when you're the only one home. Well, Who's going very, in there? It's a very small apartment. It's a very small hovel. Oh, so you're talking under bed storage? Under bed storage. Yeah. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wasn't trying to hide it from nobody. Okay. No, uh, no, and he didn't. He, he wasn't really getting all the stuff from crate and barrel in order to organize <laughs> it as well. Right, right. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's also at this time they arrest this guy and they uh, start they start uh, looking at Ted Kaczynski's history and they for a brief moment they thought he might be the Zodiac. Okay. Because a lot of uh, he was in Berkeley at the same time as the Zodiac killings. Uh, they're both in uh, cryptology or cryptography. 
Because, like I said in the last episode, a lot of his uh, journals were written in very intense, very complicated code. Uh, however, uh, he did keep the code key handy, uh, so it was very so easy to... So he wouldn't forget his own stupid code? What a fucking nerd. That's <laughs> ridiculous. Guys that, like, well, you know those guys who would have like their like locker combination taped to their bag? Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. It's yeah. like, here you go, bullies. This is how you fucking t- open up my locker and then shove me in it. Uh, do you want to go into that true story that happened to you? Uh, <laughs> no. Any further or no? I used laughter as medicine, good. and I used and I used togetherness as a blanket. Hmm. Good, good. So, uh, so he just kept the code right there. Yeah, and just kept the code right there. So they were able to easily decipher. I mean, not that he said anything worth a shit, right? Yeah, you know, but you know, they no, still had the code. Like, took took a dump today. Yeah, hmm. well, buckets getting full. Saw a bird. <laughs> The extreme is still cold. Yep. Uh, this bomb sure ain't popping. I miss Gilligan's Island. <laughs> Love Gilligan's Island. Great show. Uh, so the trial comes, and the trial is handled in a very, very strange way as far as media access goes. What did the code say? Do we know? It was, it was, was, just, it, it was just him. It was literally was just his yeah. day. It was his thorough like journal where he talked whimsically about the forest and shit. Right. Yeah. So the media uh, coverage uh, of the trial uh, it was very strange. The uh, all of the main conglomerates, ABC, NBC, AP, uh, all of those guys, they all established what was called the Unibomb Trial Media Group. Okay, and they said that they would only give press passes to bona fide journalists. You got to be bona fide. You got to be bona fide. But he's also this is again this is the controlling of the narrative. And what was it? They had to pay a fee just to get in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They uh they had to pay. Uh, well, if that's if that's not even if you got into the uh, actual press hmm. pool, like to see the whole thing, uh, because that was reserved all for the major media outlets. And every day they would do a lottery where two independent news organizations would be allowed into the trial, uh, but all the rest of the spots were filled by the major so media. People are basically buying tickets to go and watch a nerd. Um, kind of show off so basically this is comic-con yes <laughs> this is the first comic-con of all time 1995 yes. the kaczynski trial and also it's like it's like prince tickets yeah 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 uh and the other journalists who couldn't get into the room they were put into a different room where they pumped in audio on the speakers but you could only get to that room if you paid the five thousand dollar initiation fee Good and God. then took out liability insurance that which cost another Fifteen hundred dollars. Was there a cake that was in the shape of a bomb and a celebrity <laughs> speaker? I mean, I guess Kaczynski was the celebrity. Yeah, yeah. He was Five grand to sit in a room next to the courtroom and just hear the audio. Just to hear the audio. And you also hear um, mm. Ted Kaczynski's mother did the same thing. Is that when she's, she's like, and then I saw Ted in the nose, and I knew, oh, he is gone into his shutdown place. <laughs> She yeah. got all sad for him, and she's like, lady. So his lawyers think, all right, the only way this guy's getting out of the death penalty, because this is a federal case, uh, and the death penalty definitely applies, uh, they think the only way to do it is to portray him as mentally ill. Right. But Ted, that is the last thing that he wants, and in fact, he Which takes... Which is also the best thing to prove he's insane. Yeah. Yeah, he was so pissed off. He said, there's no way. The only way I'm going to do a mental health defense is if you give me an 80% shot that it's going to work. He wanted steak in its shark tank. (laughs) He wanted uh, 80%. I mean, how would they possibly even know that? 
Well, that's uh, that's that was his terms. Well, Th- then those okay, are his conditions. Ted, it's eighty <laughs> percent. Okay, well, then I'll do it. Then well, <laughs> you're obviously insane. Yeah. Well, he decides. You know, he and his lawyers go through with it, but he fires them, and he says, "You know what? I want to defend myself." And if you're a juror, you're like, "Thank God, <laughs> this is going to be great." And then you're like, "Oh, this is like a bad first date. I am gonna die." Oh. Yeah, and he's just going like. You'd be surprised how many birds you could see in one day. <laughs> Up to nine. That's the, that's the biggest amount I saw. Uh, my shoes are made out of leaves. Um, uh, Mr. Kaczynski, get get to the facts of the case. I'm oh, sorry, I just you... put myself to sleep. Just thinking about it. Burlap is a great thing to make a tie out of if you can get a hold of it if it's in season. A burlap season's nine months long. If you make the jury fall asleep, it would be a mistrial. So that's actually kind of genius. <laughs> oh, so he decides he wants to defend himself, but the judge says the only way that he's going to even consider it is if Ted goes through a mental health examination. Mm. Uh, and of course, you know he hates mental health and psychology well, yeah, he in all of its through a, a variation of MK Ultra. Yeah, uh, but he agrees to it, and the uh, doctor on site uh, diagnoses him as a paranoid schizophrenic with extreme violent tendencies. Uh, but he still doesn't want to go. I thought they were going to diagnose me as a carpenter. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's that's crazy. Um, so uh, they uh, so they come back and he like, and the judge says, "You know what? Nah." I'm not going to let you defend yourself. You better go ahead and do a plea bargain. So Ted Kaczynski, he uh, pleaded uh, to J- he um, he pleaded guilty uh, in exchange uh, for life in prison, not going to the chair. Uh, and one impact statement from uh, one of his victims said during the sentencing, "Please, Your Honor, make this sentence bulletproof, bombproof. Lock him so far down that when he does die." He'll be closer to hell. That's where the devil belongs. I mean, okay, no reason for the narrative here, buddy. Uh, <laughs> it seems like you're editorializing a little bit. Um, so, that's cool, though. Yeah, so I guess, so he went to jail, and he's... Uh, he's still there, he's, right? Uh, everybody steals his homework, you know, to copy from oh, the, yeah. the jail, the prison school. Um, uh, I mean, I bet you that uh, he can still tell that turnips and carrots uh, cooking recipe to anyone that'll listen. But now it's, probably like, now it's probably like Frito-Lays and random bologna. And they bring him into war-torn, yeah. like gang war-torn parts of the prison in order to make them all fall asleep. Yeah, to, uh, yeah. I mean, indeed, yeah, no more riot police needed. Just put him over the uh, the loudspeaker. You know, you can you can cook bologna right uh so right many over different. a nice flame. And Sometimes a bird will go. Sometimes a bird will go. That's I saw you're... a rabbit on my birthday. <laughs> I named it Ted. After myself. Shut the fuck up, Ted! Shut the fuck up! <laughs> well, uh, just so you know, these days, uh, Ted Kaczynski, he's in the Supermax prison in Colorado. Uh, and in 2012, he submitted his current information to the Harvard University Alumni uh, Association. <laughs> oh. He listed his eight life sentences as achievements, his current occupation as prisoner, and his current address as number 04475-046. U.S. Penitentiary, Max, P.O. Box, 8500, Florence, Colorado, 81226. Send him your panties, girls. Give him a thrill. I bet you that he gets them. 
And yeah. he has no idea what they are. I just, I mean, that's the one. I understand why people find like Ted Bundy attractive, or even Richard Ramirez with his no. or these Spanish looks. His terrible I, breath. Yeah, Ted Kaczynski, girls, don't, not with him. You know I don't I mean? think they're going to make your clothes smell. Great. So Kaczynski's in prison. He uh, killed three total. Injured how many? Uh, sixteen. Sixteen. Er, yes. And uh, yeah, interesting story. Uh, Twenty-three uh, attempted bombings. Ted yeah. Kaczynski. And don't forget about on August 31st, the Cave Comedy Radio Sausage Party, uh, which is going to be a ton of great sausages, bratwurst, and all that type of stuff all day on Sunday. We're going to be you know, doing live podcasts. We're going to have a big live show with all your favorite CCR people. Uh, and you can make a whole weekend of it if you want to, because we've got the last podcast on the left live the night before on August 30th. Yeah. So everybody vote for us. On the uh, for the Creakies, uh, yeah, for podcast, yeah, go, uh, yeah, go uh, vote. You can go to the Facebook page and find a link to, yeah, vote for us uh, at the Creek Awards for best podcast, and you know uh, the Rose Marcus Parks for best specialty show, fucking last podcast on the left for uh, best uh, variety show. We're nominated for a bunch of shit. We got this a bunch year. of stuff, and we got. I've, I've gotten a couple of you know, random messages with people. Everyone has their own thing that they were mildly upset about that we were making fun of, but we make fun of everything and we love everybody. And <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I got like five of them, literally just be like, have you thought about maybe potatoes are tasty and you shouldn't talk about them <laughs> um, in a negative way? But uh, but of course. Yeah, uh, we we, uh, everyone, get, everyone gets their own little piece. Yep. Um, yeah. All right, everybody. Well, let's do a Hail Satan. Hail Satan. And, uh, Hail Satan. And of Me course, Halgeen. Hail yourselves. There's come in the Papa John's dough. Mm. Ah, don't ruin this for me. <laughs> Papa's in the house. He's coming in all the dough. <laughs> Is that what Papa means? Papa's in the house. Papa's in the house. Came in his pants. Mm-hmm. Um, well, inhale me, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right, buddy. Um, all right, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific time, only on Netflix. I was shocked, you know. They were always such a good team, so successful. But to do something like that, to exceed their budget? While being over budget might not be a crime, it can disrupt workflows. With Monday.com, you and the team can be sure that you're all in sync. All the data, latest updates, files, and budgets are visible to everyone, so you won't miss a thing. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com.